When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Sunday the 13th of March. I'm Anna Cunningham. And I'm Laura Cook. Humanitarian aid still hasn't reached the besieged Ukrainian city of Mariupol. No water, no medicine. Uh, The guy said that people were just dying in the street and airstrikes hit close to the Polish border. They've had an appalling start to this entire evasion. You know, the Red Army, I think, has been shocked by the simple grit and tenacity, a sheer determination of the Ukrainian people to stay. The Times Daily World Briefing. A besieged city. No drinking water for a week. Little food and medical supplies barely existent. That's the stark reality for hundreds of thousands now trapped in the southern Ukrainian port city of Mariupol. The Russian invasion's now in its 18th day. No one has been able to get in or out. The Times of London correspondent Richard Spencer's in Kyiv. He's heard a message from one aid worker based in Mariupol. A uh, worker for Médecins Sans Frontières, the medical charity, uh, managed to get a voice message out yesterday, which uh, MSF played to me. And uh, it it was an incredibly grim account of life with no water, no medicine. Uh, The guy said that people were just dying in the street if they, you know, people had run out of their medicine and... uh, had, you know, keeling over and being buried where they fell. Uh, there's a mass grave now on the outskirts of the city. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky has said that all humanitarian corridors agreed yesterday did work and some 12,500 people managed to escape, but no one could get in or out of Mariupol. In his latest video message, he has sounded hopeful that aid cargoes would reach the city today. The 18-day war in Ukraine has seen families separated, left homeless and displaced from the peaceful life they led just a few weeks ago. Ukrainian MP Dmitry Guring grew up in the besieged city of Mariupol and still has family trapped there. He spoke to Times Radio from an undisclosed location in Ukraine. They just destroyed 15 years of my life. My university, my school, my my house, uh, like my yard, my trees, just destroying everything. They are now bombing the city to the ground. I had a one-minute talk with my mother yesterday. They are still alive. They don't have heating, they don't have water, they don't have food, they have some food, they have nothing. And Russia, Russia they are trying to make a hunger in Mariupol. They mined uh, everything around them and uh, it's not possible to get out. 
and they shoot, shoot, the, shoot the cars while trying to escape. Russian military operations appear to be changing rapidly on the ground in Ukraine as they target new areas. The UK's latest intelligence update from the Ministry of Defence says Russia is now trying to envelop Ukrainian forces in the east of the country, advancing from Kharkiv in the north and Mariupol in the south. Early this morning, missiles were fired less than 15 miles, some 24 kilometres from the Polish border. Officials say 30 rockets landed at an international peacekeeping and security centre in Yaroviv to the west of the city of Lviv. Tobias Elwood is a British Conservative Member of Parliament who chairs the Commons Defence Select Committee. He's also a former British soldier and told Times Radio he's not surprised by the latest Russian movements. They've had an appalling start to this entire evasion. You know, the Red Army, I think, has been shocked by the simple grit and tenacity, a sheer determination of the Ukrainian people to stay and fight. So Russia has resorted to these tactics from bombing cities, dwellings, populations from afar. They focused on the east of the country and now they're bleeding into the west. Elsewhere in eastern Ukraine, the town of Volnovaka in the Donetsk region has reportedly been completely destroyed. Russian-backed separatists claim to have taken the town after days of heavy bombardment. Speaking on Ukrainian television, the town's governor said Volnovaka's infrastructure no longer exists. On the way, President Zelensky again appeals for a ceasefire. The Times Daily World Briefing. In just over two weeks, two and a half million people have fled Ukraine. The UN Human Rights Council says many have escaped to Poland, but the sheer numbers of people fleeing is starting to have an impact on some smaller countries such as Moldova. It's asked for help after some 270,000 refugees entered the country. Germany's offered to take in 2,000 people. Professor of European Politics and Foreign Affairs at King's College, Anas Menon, told Times Radio the crisis will test unity in Europe. I think history suggests that at a certain point, a nasty row will erupt within the European Union between member states about who is who is bearing most of this burden and whether or not it's fair. We had exactly the same thing, if you recall, when we had large-scale crossings on the Mediterranean with the southern European countries bearing the brunt of that flow of refugees and getting quite short shrift from other member states when they spoke about solidarity. So there is that danger down the line of of sort of bickering between member states about who should be paying for what and who should be carrying the majority of the sort of burden of this. The UK's faced criticism for its slow response to taking in Ukrainian refugees, but it's now come up with a scheme where people will be paid £350, that's just over $450, to house people fleeing the war. Individuals, businesses and charities will be able to apply to sponsor people to go to the UK. The former British politician David Miliband is president and CEO of the International Rescue Committee. He told Times Radio the UK government has been lagging behind other Western countries. The UK government has put itself and put the country at the back of the pack when it comes to responding to the refugees, but I do want to emphasise that I think the response of the British public has been overwhelmingly strong and heartfelt and generous, not least in the Disasters Emergency Committee appeal that's been so widely funded. It's all the more inexplicable to me that the UK should have 
that the UK government should have put itself at the back of the pack when it comes to refugee policy, because it keeps saying that it's at the front of the pack. But if you look at any of the numbers, if you look at any of the policies, I mean, the EU countries, the 27, even the poorer ones, like Slovakia, which has 150,000 Ukrainian refugees, they're giving three years residence, three years work permits, three years access to services. And there's nothing like that in the UK at the moment. The Odessa National Academic Theatre Orchestra performing Free Sky. Despite the threat of Russian attacks, they played on the streets of Odessa calling for peace in Ukraine. There remains hopes that peace talks and diplomacy can be achieved, but President Zelensky insists there must first be a guaranteed ceasefire. Peace process, process of ending the war, it is 100% that the starting point should be the ceasefire. We should all understand this. It would also allow us to unblock the humanitarian process, evacuation, taking away people as well as delivery of food, water and medicines. We've already talked about this. Speaking to the media in Ukraine yesterday, Zelensky said Western countries must be involved in peace talks. He repeated that he believes NATO hasn't done enough to help the people of Ukraine. I do not see bravery on the part of NATO in regards to Ukraine. It is a huge problem, ideological problem for the alliance. I have no right to interfere with the alliance's business. Had Ukraine been a member of the alliance, believe me, we would have seen the whole alliance standing by the rights and freedoms of the people of the world, just like we Ukrainians do. Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett has offered to act as mediator in peace talks between the two countries, something Zelensky welcomes. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Sunday the 13th of March. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.